Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. Would you open your scriptures to the Gospel of Matthew for today's lesson? You have access to the screen, but I always encourage you to bring the Word of God with you to the house of God. Much of what I bring to you will be on the screen, but much of it are further references to the text I might point out as you look through your word with me each Sunday. I did fail to mention earlier that this Wednesday evening, if you are interested in church membership this Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, if you'll join me in the ministry building on the second floor, I'll speak to you about what that means, what we believe, why we believe what we believe, and, and inform you about church membership. Next Sunday morning, we will give opportunity for the fellowship of what we call the right hand of fellowship and church membership. We are not a ministry that receives members in every week, no every month. We'd like for you to know what you're joining who we are, what we believe. Uh, I have taken in people into church only to think that the rapture took place and I was left behind because no sooner than I took them in, they left. Uh, That's not our motive here. You come and attend all you like, but there's a different level when you become a member, a different level of privilege and of ministry. Next Wednesday evening, this coming Wednesday evening at 7, in the midst of all the other activities. Uh, Early last Sunday morning, rather early, not today, but last Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit led me to this topic for today in light of present world conditions. And I want to speak to you this morning on the nation of Israel and the return of Jesus Christ because I want to inform you that the largest, most significant indicator of the return of Jesus Christ in Scripture and in our world is what takes place in the Middle East and more particularly the nation of Israel. And so while you may be here this morning and you're thinking, I need a sermon how to overcome marital struggles or how to overcome financial distress or mental and emotional trauma, I'm battling cancer, or somebody I know is battling cancer. I I came here today, Pastor, for something more relevant. I want to tell you there's nothing more relevant and more imminent than the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when He does come, there will be no need for a cure for cancer, no need for a cure for emotional distress. I'm not trying to escape reality here. I'm just trying to tell you, you and I, we are the generation that will see the coming of the Lord. Is that you, Gary, I see there? Wave at me. (laughs) Somebody give the Lord praise. God's healing Gary of cancer. And he's back in church. Back in church. Glad to see you. That's a miracle. One of those miracles taking place. We've had a lot of miracles. Wow. Gary, I have to be on my best behavior because you're alive and not seen me via the internet. So here we go. Verse 32, please, of chapter number 25. Matthew's Gospel. 
Matthew 25, verse 32. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, that it is near at the doors. Surely I say to you, this generation will no by no means pass, pass away, till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, Jesus said, will by no means pass away. Verse 36. But of that day and hour no one knows, meaning the day and the hour of the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Might I just have you look back a few verses that will not be on the screen. But chapter 24, it speaks of the signs of the time of the end of the age. And in verse 5 it says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So one of the signs of the coming of the Lord is many false Christs. We've seen that. Verse 6 says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Are we not hearing them and seeing of them? I'll say more later. Verse 7 says, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. Have we not seen and heard of the same? And then the Bible goes on to talk about verse 11. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And look at verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end... The same shall be saved. Then I take you back to our text. Verse number 32. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. Israel here is symbolic of the fig tree. The fig tree symbolic of Israel. When its branch has already become tender and put forth its leaf, you know that summer is near. Israel began to bud. And in 1948... She became a nation again after almost 1,800 years of non-existence. In the year 70 A.D., the Romans overran Jerusalem, destroying the temple. In the year 135 A.D., Israel was scattered all over the world. And not until 1948 was she recognized by the United Nations and NATO and other world governments as a nation. The Bible says the generation that sees Israel become a nation again is that generation that will see the coming of the Lord. You and I are that generation. Point your hand this way. I cannot teach or preach without the help of the Lord. Would you give me about 30 seconds of your prayer so your time is not wasted neither is God's on us. Father... We all have different perspectives here this morning, and I don't proclaim to be some prophetic genius. I'm just a servant.
who have tried my best to study the Word, and I do not claim to have all truths, but I do depend upon the wisdom and the unction of the Holy Spirit to make relevant what we read in these pages that were written hundreds of years ago. They are very relevant for August 17, 2014. And so we surrender our minds and our hearts and our wills to your teaching. Stretch us and teach us and change us for the better. In Jesus' name, would you say amen? Amen Amen it is. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I doubt very seriously that I can conclude what I started today, so perhaps we will go into a... Several lessons on the subject of the coming of the Lord. I'm bringing you this word today because I cannot afford to ignore the connection of Christians, America, and Israel as it pertains to the crisis in the Middle East presently. On several occasions, while teaching on the end times, and I have numerous files of sermons in my 29 plus years of serving you, that is titled, The End Times and the Coming of the Lord Jesus. I have told you that while there are many events described in Scripture to point to the return of Jesus, the single most indicator for our generation is the nation of Israel. I have spoken numbers of times from Matthew 24 regarding such signs as I enumerated false Christ. Jim Jones was a false Christ who led 900 and more people to the jungles of Guyana, South America and caused them to drink Kool-Aid that was poisoned. David Koresh was a false Christ who caused numerous people to be burned in the fires of a, of, of a dwelling, a compound in Texas some years ago. And there have been numerous men who've come on the scene over the ages and even present now who say, I am the Christ, follow me. Only to have people destroy themselves and others because of their false teachings. The Bible says in the last days there'll be famines and earthquakes. Somebody says there've always been famines and earthquakes and you're absolutely right. But in our generation, we have seen them occur in greater frequencies and greater magnitudes of destruction than any other generation. Pestilences. We've had the bird flu. Now we have Ebola. I don't glory in that, and I pray for the healing of anyone who contracted Ebola. It's an incurable disease, but I do not live every day in fear that I will catch Ebola. You're wise to wash your hands and sanitize things and and be careful. But you're a child of God. Take all your necessary... I don't live every day as if Iran's going to nuke me or Hamas is going to kill me or Russia... I don't live in that. I have the consciousness that they have the capability. But I've been born by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm covered by His blood. I'm I'm prayed up. And and if if I die today, I know where I'm going. And if He calls me away in the rapture, I, I know where I'm going. If you know where you're going, give the Lord some praise. But these are real signs. I have told you about rumors of wars. And they are not just rumors of wars. Let me just list for you some of the hot spots in the world. I don't need to do it because you are self-taught. But I need to do it for the sake of this lesson. 
Israel and Gaza hot spots. Iraq and Syria hot spots. You've seen the news, the hundreds of thousands who are fleeing for their lives because of ISIS, who is trying their best to develop an uh, uh, Islamic state where either you serve Muhammad or you recant, pay a penalty, and convert or you die. Who would think such would happen in the 21st century? Hot spots. Iran is a hot spot. I'm not so sure that I'm qualified to tell you whether or not they are developing nuclear weapons, but it seems like to me all the evidence points to the fact that they are trying to declare and enrich uranium for more than the purpose of energy. They've always wanted the eradication of Israel, and they've always supported Hamas and Hezbollah, whose desire is to re-eradicate Israel. It's a hot spot. Everybody still with me? Say amen. The Ukraine is no mistake. Russia is no mistake. We are about to end another Cold War because Russia is doing its own thing and operating under its own agenda. And I'm telling you, the way is being paved from the armies of the north to move into Israel, if you know your Bible, and threaten the promised land. I'm saying to you, not only Russia, but North Korea. It may not be in the front page, but they are armed nuclear, and they are also capable of doing a lot of destruction. Afghanistan is still in the picture. Can I get an amen? I'm not here to be political this morning, but I live in America. You live in America. There are a lot of hot spots in America. And we need to pray for Ferguson, Missouri. And we need to pray for America because we, we need to come together and not be Democrats and Republicans and Independents and Tea Parties, okay? We need to come together and pray for the President of the United States and pray for the Congress of the United States and pray for the Supreme Court. Can I get an amen? Whether you like it or not, we're all in the same nation. And I choose to believe that we are still one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Red, yellow, black, white, Indian, Hispanic, Latino, African American. We are one people and there is one God. So if you don't like America, get you a passport and leave. That was of the flesh. But I happen to like America. And I do have more than my green card. I got my everything else but my hair. Now I'll tell you, she still is the greatest nation in the world. You couldn't pay me to be the president for all the gold in Fort Knox. I have a hard time pleasing 1,400 of you. Think about 300 million. So we, are, we, are, we need to come under this banner of God, help us. And then we don't need to be criticizing and condemning and fault-finding. Oh, I'm preaching if you've ever heard an Indian preach. I told you that one of the signs of the coming of the Lord would be a falling away of the faith. This church should be filled. We could be having five services a Sunday for all the people out there in America who claim to be born again. But they are holy rollers. What do you mean holy roller? They rolled over and slept when they should have come to church. Pretty good preaching in Smith. Yeah. So we got this live streaming now. And if you're sick and looking at us on, at home, that's good. And you get better. But you laying over there eating cornflakes when you should have been in church watching me saying thank God for live TV. I'm thinking to show up at your house and slap you. 
Just kidding, just kidding. Send your tithe, that's all I say. Didn't the Bible say there would be in the last days a falling away? Didn't the book of Hebrews say, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but come together even so much the more as the last day approaches? I don't mind. I hadn't been to a Brave ball game yet this year. And I really like the Braves. I've seen them one time. I don't even know what they're doing. I, I lied. I don't even like them. I like the peanuts and the Cracker Jacks and the lemonade. I don't mind the Braves. But go to them if you want to. See the Falcons if you want to. Go, go, go to the Jazz Festival if you want to. And go to the lake during the week or some other time. But when Sunday shows up, show up in the house of God. Don't show up for Alan Matura. Don't show up. Show up for the well, how good God has been to you. He gave you 77 days, 168 hours a week. And all you ask is about two hours or two and a half hours for you to say, Thank you, God, that you gave me something that I couldn't give myself. And that's eternal life. There's a great falling away in America. If everybody is saved, who said they're saved would fill up the churches in America, we wouldn't have room for it. We're too concerned about being Baptist and Presbyterian and Church of God and Lutheran and Episcopal and my mama was this and my daddy. I ain't asking you what your mama and daddy was. I'm asking about do you have a living, breathing, everyday relationship with the Son of God, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ? By extending membership to you from this church doesn't tell you that we are the only one going to heaven. God forbid. We're not the only church, but there is no perfect church. And the moment you join the perfect one, it'll be imperfect. I think I'll stand right here. Because there ain't no perfect person. Pardon the grammar. I've told you in the last days there'll be sexual immorality and perversion. I've never seen it on the level like I see it now. Perversion on regular television. Other than Christian television and a few other shows, I do not know of, a, of I, I like the Discovery Channel, I, I like the History Channel, I like some other things, but I don't have time to watch TV. And when I do, let it count. But, but under the guise of freedom of speech... There's a lot of trash and cussing and swearing in the name of God. There's vulgarity and nudity. Oh God, I pray, give us a distaste. When will enough be enough? When will we rise up and demand as Christians to give us Christian entertainment or just shut down the cable and the TV? Folks, I'm telling you, the curse words stay in your head. I don't care if the plot was good. I like westerns. Yeah, buddy, I like some good westerns. But when it gets full of the F word and, and every... I, I, I can't go there. Because it comes back to me. I'm not telling you I'm perfect, but immorality and sexual impurity and lust and... and, and, and live and, and televised reality shows God have mercy on us. 
our, our nation and our kids and our generation today, they are getting their morality not from Sunday school and not from a home Bible study and, and not even from mom and dad living it. They're getting it from Hollywood and they're getting it from all these movie stars that are living sexually immoral lives and the NBA and the NFL. And I don't care whether you like it or not. And even some preachers in America who are living like trash and calling themselves preachers and we need to go back to the Bible and find out what God's Word says. Madonna shouldn't be your idol and Britney Spears shouldn't be your idol, young lady. And Lady Gag Gag shouldn't be your idol. Yeah, you thought I was Indian and didn't know, huh? I know some stuff, okay? All these, all these people, you tell them I said so. Obama shouldn't be your idol, and Oprah shouldn't be your idol, and Alan Matura shouldn't be your idol, and the Queen of England shouldn't be your idol. I can just keep listing it. Well, they're wearing so-and-so. I guess I better wear it. No, 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 no. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. It's the last days. There's a, the world, it's do, the church is doing its best to look like the world. Hey, l- l- let me tell you something. Oh, God help me. This is not a church where you find generic preaching, okay? I am not a preacher that's going to give you three points, a poem, and a prayer. I can recommend several churches for you right down this stretch. You start at 11 o'clock sharp and you end at 12 o'clock dull. And you don't know you ain't been nowhere. You're more excited about going to Golden Corral and Old Charlie's than you are about the Word of God. If that's what you're looking for, this ain't the church. If you're looking here to come here and just sit down with your girlfriend so she can marry you and then later on you can do what you want, this ain't your church because I'm going to read your mail. I done prayed away enough jerks already. I'd pray you away. Oh, I didn't mean to be so plain. This is the house of God, okay? I'm not trying to build me a mega church, all right? I done almost lost my mind trying to please all of you. So I figured out I'm just going to please God. Whether, whether you come or not, I'm going to preach the Word of God, and I'm going to tell you there's one God, one Word. There's a place called heaven and a place called hell, and God wants you to go to heaven, and if you live right, you will go. Somebody praise God. Yeah. I'm not here looking for my television debut. I'm not here looking for my internet debut. I'm not looking to write my first book. I got enough book in my hand. I'm going to read every 66 one of them, and I'm going to tell you what it says. One thing I want you to know is that you are living on borrowed time. You are living on borrowed time. Jesus Christ is coming again. I'm telling you. And he said, when you see these signs begin to appear, what signs? I just enumerated them. Wars and rumors of wars, sexual immorality, perversion, spiritual deception, increase of violence, falling away from the faith, pestilence, earthquake, famines. But especially when you see what takes place in Israel, know 
that the coming of the Lord is near. I want to give you very quickly, and I want to thank John Hagee. I want to give credit where credit is due. Some years ago, I came to be blessed with his book, Jerusalem Countdown. It was published in 2006. And in this book, he gives five biblical reasons why Christians must stand with Israel and why America must stand. I want to give his reasons because they're based on the Word of God, but I I want to add what the Spirit has given to me along the way. Number one, if you will. Israel is the only nation created by a sovereign act of God. Israel belongs to God Himself. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word is in, in, in John chapter 1, pardon me. But, but in John 1 and 1 it says it, but in Genesis 1 it talks about God creating the heavens and the earth. Therefore, in Genesis 1, it tells us that God has the right ownership, if He created everything, to give the land to whomever He chooses. God gave the title deed for the land of Israel to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants forever. Look at this reference. You might want to write it down. In Genesis 15 and 18 and Genesis 17, 2 through 8, God gave the land to Abraham and his descendants forever. The land that we now know today as Israel. The boundaries of the state of Israel are recorded in the scripture. And on the screen, it's listed for you. Numbers 34, verse 2 through verses 15. Joshua 11, 16 to 23. And the same book, chapter 13, 1 to 22. I want you to observe, and I'm not trying to be unkind here, but I want you to observe the truth of the Bible. Abraham had two sons. Ishmael, who was not the chosen one, because Sarah and Abraham got together to try helping God out. Read the story. God said He'd give us a son, but you, Abraham, are in your 90s, and I'm bordering 90, Sarah said, and therefore, uh, why don't you, uh, with my permission, uh, have uh, intercourse with my handmaiden, Hagar, and uh, let's uh, produce an heir. And it was Ishmael. And God said, no, 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 that's not not, not it. I will give you one of your own seed. That is the union of your seed with that of Sarah's womb. And his name would be Isaac. So let, let me have you understand it. Modern-day Palestinians have no biblical mandate to own the land. Thank God for modern-day Palestinians. Thank God for believing, Christian-believing modern-day Palestinians. But God did not give them that land. He gave it to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants. Might I move you further and let you know that when God established the the nations of the world, He began with Israel. In other words, according to the Word of God, Israel is the center of the universe. Look at Joel chapter 3 and verse 2. It's on the screen. Speaking of Israel. I will gather the armies of the world. There I will judge them for harming my people, for scattering my inheritance among the nations, and for dividing up my land. 
Look at me a moment on the screen and listen to this. Since A.D. 70, when the Roman Empire overran the city of Jerusalem and destroyed the temple, till 1948, the Jews have been scattered all over the world. And many civilizations have risen prior to the Jews and many empires have arisen after their dispersion. But none have survived like the Jewish people have. Before their birth as a nation, there were the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezzarites and, and other kinds of, 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 of kingdoms. And they're all extinguished. No remnants of them. After the Jews were scattered, there were other world powers, Napoleon Bonaparte, etc., etc. Other revolutions all have been abolished. But somehow, by the sovereign protection of God, Israel has survived the worst. The Holocaust, where six million Jews were incinerated or gassed in gas chambers, or their large trenches and ditches were dug, and their bodies, after being gassed, were thrown in there, and multiple gallons and gallons and hundreds of gallons and thousands of gasoline poured on their bodies and consumed in fire. Six million Jews killed. And God says, I will not forget, but one day is coming. When I will gather the armies of the world, there I will judge them for harming my people, for scattering my inheritance among the nations. And if America chooses to be against Israel, we have wrote our own epithet. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and blessed is the nation who blesses the people of God, Israel. Somebody ought to give the Lord a hand clap. Let me take you to point number two. I want you to understand that Christians are indebted to the Jewish people for their contribution to the Christian faith. Paul says to us in Romans 15 and 27, and if you were taking that down, let me repeat it for you. Christians owe a debt of eternal gratitude to the Jewish people for their contribution, which gave birth to the Christian faith. Romans 15 and 27 says, For if the Gentiles... The Gentiles are non-Jewish people. We, we who are non-Jewish are the Gentiles. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their, the Jews' spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Let me see if I can clarify. The Jews, upon the coming of Jesus Christ to the earth, in human form, growing up to be a man, and then at age 33 and a half, after performing signs and wonders and miracles to affirm the fact that he was divinity housed in humanity. And he did many signs and wonders and miracles to confirm that he was the Son of God and to win many to the kingdom. He was falsely accused, falsely arrested, falsely tried, 
a mock trial, sort of a kangaroo court, if you will, condemned to die, flogged, beaten next door to death, crowns of thorns on his head, his back so lacerated from the cat of nine tails where there were, there were straps, about nine of them, and the detail of the, the leather straps, the end of them, there were small metal fragments of bones that upon lashing, the, the, the one doing the lashing would wreck the straps across his back. And his face was so marred and so beaten. His, his, his beard was plucked. Isaiah said his visage would be so marred until you wouldn't even recognize him. They hung him high outside of Jerusalem on a, on a, on a hill called Golgotha, known as Calvary. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. And even though for three hours at his crucifixion the sun refused to shine, they didn't believe he was the Son of God. Even the earth beneath the cross began to shake. And the Bible says it shook so violently that some of the graveyards in the city of Jerusalem opened up and some of those died in anticipation of the coming Messiah rose out of the ground. Ooh, I feel a whoop glow. The veil of the temple that separated the holy from the most holy place rent in twain. It was a thick curtain made of animal skins that you just couldn't tear, but from the top to the bottom indicating that this is supernatural. Even then they rejected that he was the Messiah. Hung him high, stretched him wide, nailed him to the cross, took a spear to, to confirm his death and rammed it up his rib cage piercing the pericardium of his heart, causing all the blood to pour out and the water to pour out, and he died. But on the third day, he arose again. And the Bible said he appeared to the disciples and to 500 witnesses at the same time. And for 40 days after he arose, he appeared all over doing miracles, but they still rejected him. Somebody order, somebody help me here. And the Jews, you see, they, they reject him even now. Come to the music, if you will. They reject him even now because what they expected back 2,000 years ago was a Messiah that would come on a white horse wearing a diadem and a crown on his head and a robe of white and a scepter in his hand and he would have the armies of heaven with him and, and he, they were expecting a Messiah to dethrone Caesar and to dethrone the Roman government and set up a Jewish government and make Judaism the world religion and they're still waiting for that Messiah Messiah, but because they rejected him, you and I who receive him, we are the Gentiles. Whosoever believeth on him shall not perish. I'm glad. I don't, I'm not glad they're rejected, but I'm glad they're rejected because their rejection meant that you and I could be born again. If you're glad, give a Lord a praise. Come on. Stand up, everybody. Stand up, everybody. I, I don't know how I'm going to end this. I'm going to continue it next week. Let, let, let me tell you this. Our salvation, just keep the screen going. We are grateful to the Jews because salvation, John 4.22, is from, of the Jews. I want you to put up the next screen for me. I don't want to show you. 
what the Jews have given Christianity. And then I want to I want to close with a prayer. Oh, just go ahead and put it. The sacred, the Word of God, the Bible is given to us. Jewish holy men of old wrote these this down. We don't we don't have a Gentile that I know of that wrote the Scripture, Old and New Testament. Now, I, I maybe I need to go and look somewhere. Okay, it, it may be. I don't even think the Book of Philemon is such. The prophets. Go ahead, list them if you will for me. Go ahead and just put them all up there if you can. The patriarchs, Mary, Joseph, Jesus of Nazareth, the twelve disciples, the apostles, all the Jews. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, we are Christians today, and how can we be Christians and not love the Jewish people? The Bible teaches us that love is not what you say, but love is what you do. Well, Pastor, I am not telling you that Israel is a perfect nation. I am not telling you, you need to pray for Israel that they use balance in defending themselves. I know that the innocent Palestinians are being killed. I know that, that Hamas has chosen to, by way of Valid evidence, visual evidence, not just Alan Matura in the news, but those on the world scene who do these inspections have found that Hamas has hidden artillery, etc., among schools and homes. Innocent people are dying. But you cannot be a born-again child of God and hate the people of God and not pray for the people of God. It's because... There's a lot of things happening in America, but sometimes some of the things that happen here is part of the judgment of God because we have chosen on occasion as a nation to separate ourselves from Israel. And brothers and sisters, there's two reasons God raised up America. Two reasons. Don't forget it. Two reasons. Two reasons. One is to spread the the gospel around the world. I'm going to say more about it another time. No other nation has carried the gospel to more continents, more tribes, more nations, more tongues, more villages than America. America is a missionary nation. No, uh, God raised up America to spread the gospel via TV, via the internet, via missionaries, via Bible schools, via gospel tracts, via your voice. And the second other reason, the only two reasons God raised up America is to protect Israel. Did you ever realize that's it? He didn't make us to have the best universities, to get oil from the Middle East so we could survive. He didn't make us to be the world's strongest power. The two reasons, to save the lost and protect his people, because by protecting his people, we're protecting the world. But you need to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment, reverentially. My question is, who's protecting you? We are under the blood of Jesus Christ that are born again. We have our storms. We're born again, but we have our attacks on our body. Attacks on our marriage. Attacks on our children. Because the devil hates us. But Jesus loves us. And he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. David said, been young. Now I'm older, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. 
You're going to overcome. I said you are going to overcome. Because greater is Jesus who is in you than the devil who is in the world. Everybody say, I'm an overcomer. Your head's bowed, your eyes closed. I didn't even get to the third point, but I'll, I'll get to it when I do. Listen to me. And I'm, I'm being as realistic and not exploitive. You're your own man. You're your own woman. You're your own teenager. You and your, whoever you are, you make your own decision. I just present the case. And then you take the Bible. And take the newspaper. See if we're not living on borrowed time. See if Jesus should not have already come. Your head bowed, your eyes closed, your pastor Matura. I'm not ready to die, so I'm not ready to live. Because Jesus is not my Savior. Or He once was, but I've chosen my own path. And I found out that I can't do it without Him. And I need Him back in my life, or for the first time. If that would be you, just lift your hands up for a moment. Right where you are. Just hold it. I'm not going to ask you to leave your chair. Just hold it up just about ten more seconds. I just want to acknowledge it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Thank the Lord, church. Hold it up a moment more. Eight, nine. In. There are more. Please put them down now. Every, everybody else, heads bowed and eyes closed. Here's as simple as it is. I'm going to speak a prayer. You repeat phrases after me. Not because I don't think you're learned enough to pray for yourself, but because I know that the prayer needs to include, include certain components of confession that I want to be sure you cover. So everybody together, even if you didn't raise your hands, pray out loud with those who did so they don't feel singled out. On the count of three, one, two, three, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I may not understand everything about Bible prophecy, but I do understand that I cannot save myself, that I have let you down. I have let others down. I have claimed to be one thing, but lived another way. Today, I confess I'm a sinner. But today, I confess that you, Jesus Christ, you are my Savior. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Teach me your ways. Fill me with your Spirit. Let my old life be passed away. And let the rest of my life Be a new walk in your footsteps. I believe that you are the Savior of the world and the soon coming King. And I give you my heart. Thank you for taking me just as I am. Even though I can bring nothing to you, you have given me everything and eternal life. And I'm grateful. Amen. Put your hands together and give Him thanks. Put your hands together. Come on, give Him thanks. I want the prayer team to come. Sing, my brother. Before you leave, sing with them. Come on. Come, prayer team. If you need prayer for anything, for healing, whatever, come. Lift your hands with me before we leave and let's, let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.